this tonight, and uh, I, we're going to kind of uh, launch out tonight. It may go beyond uh, one week, it may be two, could be longer, but uh, we, we're continuing our Wednesday night series on the clarion call. Uh, this series is all about the truth, uh, and when, we're, when we talk about the truth, we're talking about the Bible, the Word of God, and uh, we're, we're living in a day, nothing has changed. The most important thing is that people know the truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and it's the truth sh that shall make you free. And uh, there's a lot of things out there that go under the banner of truth, but again, it's, it is something that, that man has put a spin on, that man has, has uh, created something that really is not of God. And so we want to understand this tonight. Now, uh, I was thinking as I was uh, getting ready to start tonight, and of course, I've entitled tonight's lesson, A Breach of Security. And uh, I, I hope this doesn't bring up bad thoughts for the Flins, but I just know that the, the drill when you go to the airport, I, I, I just, doesn't matter where I'm flying and it and, uh, doesn't matter if it's, I've got a small bag or a large bag, you know, you, we've all done it probably. You go to the airport and you have to get there a couple hours early and you have to go through security and you have to take everything out of your bag and you have to take, all, take your belt off, take your shoes off, take your jacket off. I mean, you go through this whole drill, then you got to stand there like this, you know, and, and then you walk out and they say, stop right there. And then they want to patch it. I mean, it's just, you, you go through all of this and, and oftentimes we think about that, how uh, we go through that. And, and I think it's evident that when you have to go through that, and some of us may do it more than others, uh, I think we, we are well aware of the fact that we are as a nation susceptible to an attack ever since 9-11. The truth is long before that. Uh, but I think it's been accentuated uh, since 9-11, terrorists, infiltrated our borders uh you know it's it was amazing when you start my wife and i just watched again another i don't know if you watched that special i think it was on the history channel uh where uh president bush they had his airplane in the air uh almost all day uh, on 9 11. they flew him he was he was actually in florida they flew him to louisiana uh, then they flew him to i think it was nebraska and uh, they were flying at like 40,000 feet his, uh, there was a breakdown in communications on that day. Uh, it was a fearful day for our country and for the people of the United States of America. And then when you started to hear the stories how uh, some of these terrorists were taught in our schools. Uh, I remember hearing one of the terrorists act actually went to a flight school, learned how to fly right here in our country so that they could fly airplanes uh, into our, the, the, the World Trade Towers and they were in the Pentagon building and so on. It's just an amazing thing when you think about the fact that that infiltration is a real concern. Uh, infiltration. It, it's, it, and can I tell you tonight, it's not just in the area of national security. Uh, we are careful, and I'm sure you're the same way I am. We're careful about what we eat. We're careful about what we drink. Uh, we're careful about making sure we've got our hands washed. Uh, we're careful about uh, so many areas of our lives because there's, uh, you know, the air that we breathe, there's viruses and there's germs and so on. All these things that can infiltrate our bodies. Uh, we, we've gotten a lot more conscious now 
than we were many, many years ago. Uh, you think about home security systems. Uh, whoever came up with that ring thing, anybody have a ring on your house? One of those little doorbells and they have a, I guess you can actually see the people on your front porch with that. And by the way, that's a good thing because again, you don't need to be opening your door to strangers. And I will tell you the only thing I don't like about the ring is when we go door knocking because people look through them and they're like, oh, it's a crazy Baptist and they won't open the door, you know? But, but uh, again, we've got home security systems. We, we memorize personal ID numbers uh, for our, our, our debit cards, credit cards. Uh, you know, any, any breach of security is a major concern. Why? Because we want to protect ourselves. Uh, we want to make sure. You know, it's like when you go to the gas pump, they even, even on the pump, they tell you to, to shield your, your pin when you're putting it in, you know. Uh, and we're constantly thinking about security and a breach in security. But listen, when I think about security and I think about the Word of God, we must be no less vigilant when it comes to the truth. If, if we're that concerned about our house and our possessions and our health, what about the truth of the Word of God? See, oftentimes we don't think about the importance of the Word of God. Now, let me take you to a verse, and it's, it's towards the end of what is called the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus gave so many great principles in this sermon in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But look in the end, uh, part of the way through chapter number 7, and you've got it there in your outline, Matthew 7, 15. Look at these words. Beware of what kind of prophets which come to you. Notice these words, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. The Bible, Jesus is describing how these false teachers, false prophets, how they are going to come to us disguised in some way. Well, why are they disguising themselves? So they can infiltrate us. Do you remember, remember in the Bible, in the book of Acts, when Saul, before he became the apostle Paul, when Saul was saved on the road to Damascus, and you remember how when he got saved, that, that the apostles, the rest of the, the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, they did not believe that he really was saved because, you know, they're like, wait a minute, this guy is just trying to say that he's saved so that he can infiltrate us and then he can drag us off to prison or take our lives for our faith in Christ. Are you with me tonight? So, so we're talking about this matter of infiltration. They, they're disguised. Now notice how Jesus, even in, in Matthew 23, towards the end of his life here on this earth, he described the group of people that we know as the Pharisees. And look how Jesus describes them in verse 27 of Matthew 23. Woe unto you... Scribes and Pharisees, he calls them hypocrites. Now, if you look that word up, here's what it means. It means stage actor. They're real good at putting on a costume to play the part. And, of course, there's plenty said uh, about the Pharisees in the New Testament. But notice Jesus calls them hypocrites. He says, for ye are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within 
full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also, he says, inside, this is the way you are, unclean, but outwardly you appear righteous, he says here, unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Boy, there's a big difference between the inside and the outside. Now, we all know that when God starts to do a work in our lives, where does he begin? It begins at the heart, right? So God's work begins internally, and it begins to make its way out of our lives. See, I'm a firm believer. When you study the Word of God, people always say, well, you know, here's what they're doing is they're using it as an excuse to live the way that they want, to live a sinful lifestyle. They'll say, well, God looks on the heart. Well, that's true. Now, if you study the Word of God long enough, what you find is, is what it, what's on the inside will eventually manifest itself on the outside. There is a verse in the Bible, there's many, but one of them is, let your light so shine before men. Where did you get that light? You got it from the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the Bible says, as they're watching your life, as they're watching you shine, make sure that you are shining bright for the Lord. And it's very important that we see this because Jesus is talking about the very same thing here. He says, these Pharisees, they are disguising themselves. Why? So that they can infiltrate us. See, infiltration, there's a small book in the New Testament, the book of Jude. A great little book. Right before the book of Revelation. And really, when you study the book of Jude, as short as it is, the purpose of the book of Jude, the epistle of Jude, was the, this matter here we're talking about tonight, and that is infiltration. Notice what it says here in your outline, verses 3 and 4 of Jude. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you or to encourage you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith. Now, why is, why is Jude saying? Look, this, it was so important for me. Now, remember, these aren't Jude's words. These are God's words. And Jude says that this is very, very important that I would write this to you to encourage you that you need, well, why would they need to earnestly contend for the faith? I mean, it's the faith of the gospel. Why would they be contending for the faith? He says here that faith was once delivered unto the saints. And here's why. To answer that question, look at it. For there are certain men crept in, in among you. Notice they're crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Jude says, listen, here's the reason that I'm warning you, I'm exhorting you, I'm encouraging you that, look, the faith has been, the truth has been given to you. And you have got to make sure that you are contending. Look, we're living in a day where everybody wants to just take the truth and throw it in the trash can. Jude says, no, 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 no. He says, that was delivered unto you 
for your care and keeping. It's God's word. It's the truth. And he says, because there are men that have crept in unawares. You know what that is? That is infiltration. Nobody even realizes that they're there. Remember what Jesus, he was with his disciples, and they realized that there was some wheat among the tares. What did they say to Jesus? Yes, let us go in there and get rid of them, Lord. What did Jesus tell him? He says, leave them alone. He knows, God knows who is genuine and who's a hypocrite. He knows who is his and who is not his. But see, as Christians, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to get you to have some kind of antennae you know, to where somebody comes in and you're like, oh, is she real or is she, you know, a big hypocrite? Yeah, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you and I as Christians need to be discerning because one thing for sure is, is that we could easily find ourselves yoking up with or becoming uh, part of them to where we start believing some of the false things that they are sharing. Remember, our rule of faith is the word of God, the truth. And that's what this is all about. Sometimes there is a breach in security. Here's men that have crept in unawares. What are they doing? They're turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. And watch this. They're denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So what is Jude doing? He's warning us. Now, it, he, it goes on. Look at verse number 12. Because Jude then warns right there in the same book, little bitty book there, he warns of the danger. Here's the danger of such an invasion. Look at verse 12. These are, what's that next word? Spots. I think we all understand what spots are, right? My wife, the other day, I had a shirt that was in the laundry. It came out of the laundry and I said, hey, what is this stuff? And she said, I don't know. You wore it. You must have got something on it. I said, I don't drop stuff on my clothes. You know, my father-in-law, that's why he wears a tie, because it catches everything. You know, he thinks that's what a tie is, you know. But I told her, I said, can you get that out? I can't say, you know what happens when, when I get a shirt that I like and it gets a spot on it and she can't get it out, you know what it becomes? It becomes a rag or a work shirt. I can't wear it, you know, I can't wear it, I can't wear it to church, I can't wear it when I'm preaching, you know, because it's got a spot on it, but, but I want you to look at something here, look at these, the warning, and Jude's talking about the danger here, notice it says, these are spots in your feast of charity, what's another word for charity? Love, now watch, when they feast with you, that means that they're, they're in there, they're, they're among us, he says, feeding themselves without fear. Notice his description. Clouds they are without water. Carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit withereth. Without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness for how long? Forever. Now listen, does that sound like somebody you ought to be hanging around with? Hey, listen, aren't you glad for the warnings in the Word of God? Aren't you glad when God says, hey, look, you need to be aware of this. 
There, there are people that will infiltrate, they'll come in among us, and he's, notice he calls them spots. Now, I was a little intrigued. I had to look that word up, all right? I love to study uh, words in the Bible and dig a little bit, and it's not at all like the description I just gave. Here's what it really is. It, it kind of carries the same meaning. Uh, maybe, maybe you've been in the water, and a lot of times you see the water, but you don't see what's under the water. And sometimes you have, maybe it might even be out a little ways from the shoreline, but you'll have like, you'll have reefs and different things that stick up underneath of the water. And to the, to the human eye, you cannot see that. The only thing you can see is the water itself. But see, if a boat comes along and hits that, it can actually cause damage to the vessel, and it could even cause a loss of possessions or loss of life. And that's what he says here. They are spots to the natural eye. You can't see the dangers. Now, again, Jude's trying to tell us, hey, look, you may not be able to see it, but God, through this, this word here, is trying to warn you about these spots. Now, here's my thought is, why would the Bible be talking about such activity? Why is the Bible talking about infiltration? To protect the flock? The truth? What about the truth? To protect it. Why else? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I th you just said what? It'll fall away from it. So when, when you look at this, again, you know, you look at the, what is the example God has given to us? Okay, well, here's a great example. You go to our New Testament of our Bible because, and, and again, in all fairness, we want to make sure we're rightly dividing the Word of God. When Jesus came from heaven to this earth and he was born of a virgin, Jesus lived on this earth and he established something while he was on this earth. What did he establish? The church. So in our Bible, now again, pe people may differ. I, I personally believe that the church began with Christ calling out his disciples. Because I believe Jesus filled the role of a pastor. And he had a congregation. They were, they were baptizing. Uh, they, they were having fellowship, breaking of bread. All the things that you see... Uh, about a church, and, and again, uh, even the, the famous passage where you find church discipline is in Matthew chapter 16, and you, you are Matthew, Matthew chapter 18, well, verses uh, 15 through 18, where Jesus is talking about that if there is a problem that you go to that person and they, they won't hear you, you go back with uh, one or two more, and if they won't hear you, then tell it to the church. Well, you can't talk about a church if there's not a church in existence. Now, you may differ. Some people believe the church began on the day of Pentecost and all those types of things. I'll, I'll leave that discussion alone for right now. But, but here's the thing is, is that when you talk about this matter of infiltration, certainly the early church, and when, when we talk about like the book of Acts, is, is historically it's the, the church in the first century. Jesus, Jesus came he established the church, he died, and he rose. So the first century. So you begin studying 
the activity of the church, the, the original church in the book of Acts. Now, what you see when you study the book of Acts is, like on the day of Pentecost, how many people got saved? 3,000 people. There were other occasions where it was, it was thousands of people. The church started, you see a lot of growth with the church. Then you also see this matter of persecution taking place against the church. And I just mentioned Saul. He was one of the forms of persecution against it. Now, what's interesting is, is that when persecution came, you would think that persecution would kill the church. But the reality is that the persecution just made the church grow even more. Because God, it's God's church. Uh, you know, persecution, trials in our lives, what it does is it increases our faith. It makes us to grow stronger in the Lord because we rely on the Lord. So you, you find that there was the growth going on. Now, infiltration is what we're talking about tonight. So here's the question is, when did infiltration really start in the church? And here's the answer. When the church began. Say, Pastor, what are you talking about? What did you just say? Judas. Who chose Judas? Jesus. Judas was among them. He was one of the 12. Now, I know you're probably like Brother Kenny this afternoon. We were in the offices, and I was, I was, I was kind of previewing the message with those guys since they're not in here. So, you know, I want to make sure they get the message, you know. And, and so we were talking, and I was having a little fun with them. But the Bible says, I think I gave it in your notes there, John 6, look at verse 70 and 71. Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you 12? And one of you is what? He actually called Judas a devil. That's what it says right there. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him because he was one of the 12. Now here's the question. Why then did Jesus choose Judas? Anybody got an answer? What? Okay. Anybody else? So all of you are right. All he said it was part of the plan. You said that he had to give him up. You said that it was what? He was predestined to do it. Uh, take your Bibles, turn over to Psalm 41. Psalm 41. This is, this is not really a part of the message tonight, but it's just free, all right? So I want to make sure you get your money's worth tonight. Okay, Psalm 41. And uh, somebody, somebody there, somebody read verse number 9. Somebody have that? Who has it? Raise your hand. Okay, Roman, read that verse. And who do you think that's describing? That's describing Judas. So look here. He had to choose Judas. Why? Because it was God's plan. Because he had to give him up because it was predetermined by God. Long before Jesus came to this earth, there was this whole thing about infiltration was going to take place. Judas, you, you listen, I've, I've read and studied and pondered about Judas. Judas was so good at disguising himself that even when, when Jesus exposed him, the rest of the disciples 
still did not get it. You know why? Because he was the one that kept what? The money, right? He's the one that had the bag. And that was the person that was the most trusted among them. And that none of them suspected uh, that, it, that it was him. You could go, I'll give you the reference there if you haven't read it in a while, but in John 13, that's where it was talking about from verse 21 down to about verse number 30 where, where Jesus even says, the one that dipped with his hand in the uh, sop with me. You know, and, and, then, and then Jesus said, whatsoever thou doest, do it quickly. And Judas left, and they, they, they were clueless. They still didn't get it. I mean, it was all Jesus could do other than take a Sharpie marker and write it on his forehead, you know. But Judas was trusted by them. But what, what about Judas? Judas had infiltrated the ranks undetected. Nobody had a clue. I mean, remember what they said, is it I, Lord? The next one said, is it I? I mean, who knows how many of them said, maybe it's me, you know? And, and, and I have to almost believe Judas never said those words. It might be me, because he knew it was him. But here they are, they're, they're, they're with this man that infiltrated. Now, why do you think when, when Paul, who's the young man that Paul mentored? Timothy, right? So what does Paul do with Timothy? Paul, as he's writing under the inspiration, he is, he is instructing Tim, Timothy and he's emphasizing one thing to Timothy, which is the very same thing I'm trying to emphasize in this series, and that is the truth. Now look in your notes there, 2 Timothy 2, and we all know verse 15. Look at this verse. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of what? Truth. Now, Paul's telling to, and by the way, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's good for us. So the same thing is true for us, is we need to study the word of God to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing. Every one of us need to be doing the same thing. Why would Paul be instructing Timothy? Why would God preserve that? For us, we'll look at the next verse. Notice the first word, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they, those vain and profane babblings, they will increase unto more what? Ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker of whom is Hymenius and Philetus, who concerning the truth, look at this, have erred saying that the resurrection is past already, and notice, and overthrow the faith of some. In other words, what Paul's saying to Timothy, and God's word is saying to us is, is that the security of the truth had already been breached. The truth was at risk. Paul wanted Timothy to be schooled in the scriptures. Why? Because thy word is truth. God wants us to be schooled in the scriptures. He wants us to know the word of God. Why? So that we can detect error. If there is a hypocrite, if there is a false teaching, if we're schooled in the scriptures, then we'll know that's not right. That, that's not what the Bible says. Now, again, it's not a, so we can go around pointing fingers at people, 
But in my heart, if somebody's saying something, then I ought to be able to say that, listen, I know in my heart that's not what the Word of God says. And, and it, that ought to help us to see what is truth and what is not true. Paul wanted Timothy to be able to see this. He, in other words, studying the genuine, the genuine, which would be the Word of God, the truth, studying the genuine will enable us to spot the counterfeits. There are counterfeits out there. Listen to this. How then does error, error slip in unnoticed? How does er error slip in? They have no knowledge of the truth. They have no People twist the truth. Let me ask you this. Who is the father of lies? Satan. Now think about this question. Who does Satan act like? He acts like God, but he's not God. When you think about this, listen, the devil is cunning. He's crafty. There's, there's an individual in the Bible called the Antichrist, counterfeiter. Satan doesn't act like Satan, he acts like God. Error doesn't look like error. Error looks like what? Truth. I had somebody ask me about something today in an email, and, and so I, I started to do a little study, and I, I ended up doing quite a study, and it was amazing some of the stuff that I found just the little bit of time that I was there. And, 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 and the thing is, is that it looked, it looked like the truth. But the more I looked at it, it was not the truth. You see, the devil is a liar. And what he wants to do is he wants to pass his lies off as truth. Here's a great example. There's so many different versions of the Bible out there. Can they all be right? Why are there so many versions of the Bible? Man tries to twist the word of God so that we don't know what? The truth. But somewhere, God has promised to preserve his word. And all that's done is it's created confusion. And as we think about this, listen, a lot of cults today, you know what they do? They borrow Bible terminology. They're using the very same terms that we use. Listen, I know this is true. The Catholic Church today is using the same terminology that we as Bible-believing Christians are using. When I was a kid, I never heard about being saved. The Catholics talk about that now. The cults today are using the, the terminology. They're redefining, redefining the terms and they're reconstructing the doctrines of the Word of God. And here's the word I'll use. It's my word. They're blending. They're putting everything into a blender. They're blending it all together. They're constantly mutating the truth. 
Now watch this. They're, they're mutating the truth, just like today, some of these modern... Anybody here been pretty faithful over the years to get flu shots? Flu shots, a couple of you. The reality is, they never know what flu it's going to be. They don't. Now again, I've known a lot of people over the years that get them, but, but it, now you might say, Pastor, you're crazy. I've never had a flu shot. Because people that get flu shots get sicker than people that don't get flu shots. Because they're putting that into your body. Now, now think about that. And I'm, not, I'm not making fun of people that get the flu shots, but here's the thing is, when you think about the truth, these people that are taking the truth and they're mutating it, it's just like today, a modern day flu virus, they're making it, they're making the truth so difficult that you and I cannot pinpoint the error, and if we can't pinpoint the error, we can't eliminate it. We don't know if that is truth or not the truth. Now, I'll tell you what, we can know if it's truth or not. But what they're doing is they keep mutating the truth. They're, they're making it more and more difficult. Why? Because the truth is under attack. Just like on 9-11, look, there are terrorists. That's what I would call them. That are, are doing everything they can to destroy the truth. Just like they wanted to destroy America on 9-11. They want to destroy any semblance. We all know, they, look, they've taken Bible and prayer out of the schools. I, I may share more of this next week, but I, I, this morning I got up. Uh, if you don't know the name, you should, you should uh, ever so often, if you ever get a chance, Todd Starnes. He's a fundamental Christian. Uh, he's with uh, Fox News. But Todd Starnes, he, he just wrote another book called uh, uh, Cultural Jihad or something like that. But this morning, I, I saw a tweet from him, and so I, I actually opened it up and started to read it. And uh, Todd Starnes, he's a Bible, but he believes the truth of the Word of God. Duke University has just, it was, it was started as a Methodist college, has just taken a stand to say, that religious groups are not welcome at their college anymore. That's what they say. And, and right there on their campus, I don't know how many times, maybe once, maybe more than once, because it was started as a Christian university like, like Dartmouth and Yale and, 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 and Harvard were started at Christian schools. A lot of those schools, you go around on campus and there's, there might be some of these, these uh you know, things you walk through, archways and fronts of buildings and things like that, where they etched into the stone or the granite or whatever. And, and, and right there on the campus of Duke University, it says education and religion. Now, religion is a broad word. But what they're wanting to do is take the word religion completely off. It's just about education. Or in other words, it's just about man. We don't have time for God. So what do they want to do? They want to eliminate the truth. Are you with me tonight? You see the danger of infiltration, all right? Let me see if I can find an ending point and we'll be done tonight. But the problem is this, is that the problem is real, the stakes are high, time is short, and the outcome is eternal. Now, let me, let me, let me quantify that. The outcome is eternal, meaning that if they can lead people away from the truth, 
they will spend eternity without the Lord. And that's the bottom line of Satan. He already knows God's going to win in the end. But what he wants to do is take as many as he can with him. And our responsibility as the church, as Christians who have the truth, is to not let that happen. To reach the world with the gospel. So what do we do? Do we just quit? Do we throw our hands up? Well, the book of Jude, again, I love this book. It actually warns us and gives us some great advice. And look at verse 17 there in your notes. Here's what he says. But beloved, here it is. Remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. So what do we do if there's infiltration? What do we do if they're trying to eliminate the truth? Well, look at verse 17 again. Here it is. Remember ye the words which were spoken before. What is he telling us to remember? Remember the truth. Come back to the truth. Don't study the counterfeit. I'm not going to spend my time studying the occults. I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to spend my time studying the truth. Because then when counterfeits come along, just like Paul told Timothy, you'll be able to spot them. You'll know what is not truth. And so next week, we'll get into the book of Jude, because before the end of this small book in our Bible, Jude actually gives five directives to us that will help us so that when the attacks of the devil come, and the truth is under attack, we know how to stand against the, the attacks of the devil. Brother Flynn? I believe that all men can be saved. I believe all men. Yeah, free will. Yeah, I, I believe that Judas could have been saved. And, I, and I'm just going to put this out here tonight because it's pretty embarrassing, but it's true. I think somewhere ba way back in my early days when before God really called me to preach, I think I preached a message one time that Judas was saved. <laughs> but <laughs> there's no evidence of that in the Bible. Not at all. But, but I will tell you this. I do believe that he could have been saved. He could have been saved. But he was, he certainly, his actions show that he was not. So, how many of you love the truth? I'll tell you what, it's, that's, that, that has to be our guide. And, uh, you know, it, it, here's the thing is, I, I, I don't want you to walk away tonight being more fearful that there could be those among us that have infiltrated us. Because look here, do you think that God knows who they are? Do you think God's able to handle that? So we don't need to worry about it. Remember what he told his disciples. Hey, look, just keep your eyes on the Lord. You know, just, just live your life according to the truth. God will take care of, of the rest. All right, Miss Mickey?
Well, no, yeah, no one knows the heart. No one knows the heart. And the only thing is, you know, again, to me is any chance I have, if, there, if, if I might feel like there's no fruit, I might again just, if I can, find opportunity to talk to them just to see if they really are saved. Because that's the main thing. Because the reality is, is that all of us one day will stand before the Lord and give an account. But if they're not saved, they won't stand at the judgment seat of Christ. They'll stand at the great white throne. It'll be a different judgment for them. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are not serving the Lord that are saved. And that's the hard part. But again, that's, that's not up to us. That's between them and the Lord. The only thing we can do, just like Jude was doing, is try to encourage them. What Paul did to Timothy, exhort and encourage. You know, they don't need to hear negativity. They need to hear someone encouraging them. And that's what the church is about, is to encourage us to live for God. Yes, ma'am. It's all right. Uh, I think what I said was the problem is real, stakes are high, and time is short, and the outcome is eternal. Time is short, outcome is eternal. Well, listen, folks, I love you, and uh, sometimes I, I really, uh, should I teach on stuff like this or not, but I feel like it helps me. And I, I feel like we, we need to, and honestly, Wednesday night crowds, I mean, this is Bible study time. And we need to know these things because there are people that have crept in unawares. And again, we just, we need to be discerning. And uh, what helps us to be discerning is our walk with the Lord, our time in the word of God. And, uh, and again, just, just trusting the sovereignty of God. God has promised that he'll take care of us. we should be able to, to, to tell, you know, God's, God by his spirit will illumine us and show us that. Yeah. Did you have your hand up, Mrs. Flynn? Oh, I thought you had your hand up. Roman? And that's, you know, again, you have to, it has to be in the right spirit, but, you know, like, let's, let's just say Roman isn't here tonight. You know, I shouldn't think, you know, where is that bomb? What I, sh what I should say, or maybe I may text him and just say, hey, I missed you in Bible study. And if his spirit's right, then he might text me back and just say, I had to work, something came up. And again, that's just, that's just me with a brother in Christ saying, I love you and, and I missed you at church. And, and uh, you know, and again, sometimes when there's silence and nothing comes back is, is not a good sign. Now, again, you, you, if you're walking, if you're if you're walking in the spirit, then what you should do is wrap your arm around them. Maybe there's something going on. They may or may not want to share that with you, but you should still be willing to be there for them 
when that time comes. When that time comes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm so glad you you clarified that. <laughs> Yeah, if you know if you know Melissa, we, we all knew that. But you know, listen, that that is a challenge. And and you know, like Lynn just said, we've always, as a family, we've always tried to sit towards the front. And the biggest reason we do is because if you're in the front, you have less people in front of you that are distracting you. And and that's why we always sat. Now I know everybody loves the back row, so uh, yeah, you know. But uh, you know, the the thing is, is that wherever you're at now, again. You, you have to be kind and, and loving towards people. But I told somebody, I may have been Brother Joe, but I, I said on Sunday, you ever hear people in here, uh, they have a piece of candy and it takes them five minutes to get it unwrapped. And you're hearing the, they're in the message. I, I'm up here, I hear everything. Now you say, Pastor, I, I, I couldn't tell that you do. I hear and see everything. And, and I, I tell people the best place for anybody to ever be in the service is like right here where the nobles are because I, I genuinely, this is the safest place out of my peripheral, you know? So, so Wally and Lynn are like angels because I never see them, you know? But I can hear people talking on the back row. I can hear people, I can see people getting their Starbucks cups. I can, you know, all kinds of stuff. And it's, it, you know, it is distracting to those around us. I, I know I've had a lot of folks, I, 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 w listen, if w there's something we can do, uh, we've tried a couple different things, but, but I know that even having the earpieces for folks with Spanish, I know that it's distracting for folks because it's, it's loud. 
But again, it, the only way we can have that is you can't have the device that goes in the ear canal because then it would naturally be gross for somebody else to wear it. So it sits on the ear, but folks around them can hear. And we've, Nazarell's back there saying to people, turn it down, you know, but people just, they won't do it. it and sometimes, like Joe said, it, it may just, if you can do it right without offending someone, just, you know, like it, if you have somebody that brings their kid in the service and the kid should really be with the rest of the children, some kids, they just won't go. But again, they, they, it'd be better for the kid to be in there because they're less disruptive in here. But the only thing we can do is ask them. And if they don't want to, they don't, you know. I'd rather them be in the house of God. And so, you know, all of these things uh, will be help to us, but they, they take the distractions away so that we can hear the truth. And so uh, I just, I, I love you folks and I look forward to times like this and uh, times ahead where we just continue to learn and grow, all right? Well, Lord bless you. Have a great week. If there's anything we can do for you, let me know, okay?